What's up, folks? Welcome to another edition of Matt Sports House. I'm your host, Matthew Anderson. Got Thomas back on. Thomas, what's good with you, man? How much, man? I'm chilling. Chilling. Ready for ready for the season to start. Y'all, we're finally here. We've been talking about it. We've been here. We've been out. Me and Thomas been on FaceTime calls talking about how close <laughs> we are. But uh, we're really alongside. I mean, we're really like right knocking on the door. Football season here. Preseason games have already started. At this point, colleges should be in fall practice now, right? Well, oh yeah, for sure, yeah, for sure. Most most schools probably like a week in the camp, week or two in the camp. I was watching even the Deion Sanders and wait a minute, wait hold on, let me. Oh gosh, yeah, we ain't about to get talking. Without any further ado, welcome to my sports house. Open up the champagne pop. It's my house. Come on, turn it up. Hear a knock on the door when the night begins Cause we've done this before so you come on in Make yourself at my home, tell me where you been Pour yourself something cold, baby, cheers to this Sometimes you gotta stay in And you know where I live Yeah, you know what we is Sometimes you gotta stay in <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know how that intro is going to work there. <laughs> just, I, I don't know how that intro I'm going to speed that up, but we were just about to get going. I was just going to go straight into I think next time I do, I'm just going to go ahead and go straight into this. Y'all, y'all, yeah. y'all know the scene here. We're, we're, we're in the red coat lane, or we're in Miss Johnson's uh, sixth grade class. We just started. We probably just started class. This is the scene about 10 years ago, y'all. Thomas, that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it, would it be 10? What were we in 2023? It'd be longer than 10, man. It'd be about, if we talking about sixth grade, that's like, that's like, that's like, oh, nine. That's like, oh, nine, 2010. That's crazy. I remember we yeah. were in sixth, or we were in seventh whenever Cam Newton had his run, right? Seventh grade. Okay, grade. so that was, that was 2010, seventh, uh, seventh grade. If that's when Cam was playing. Holy moly, y'all. Tom, yeah, I know. That. Hey, you don't get nothing else in this podcast. Tom goes like, that is insane. Cause I remember me and Tom, yeah. shout out Mr. Gunther if you're listening. Probably not. But uh, we were, <laughs> I saw it on Twitter the other day. But anyway. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, nah, I, I was thinking about Ms. Byers earlier today. Just a random thought. I don't know why, why I was thinking about it. But I was just like, I ain't seen like nothing about any of my middle school teachers since middle school. I keep up with a couple of my teachers from high school, but like anybody from middle school, since I lived in, I ain't seen nothing. No, for sure. The only thing you know about Miss Johnson, you know, I think her husband was. Hey, y'all, we don't get to the sports in a second, but just bear with <laughs> uh, They probably like we didn't come here for the middle school union. <laughs> Hang tight, y'all been looking for a long time. <laughs> we'll get there. But you know, Miss Johnson, uh, her husband used to own that uh, Johnson. No, the Levy Funeral. Levy, yeah, Levy Funeral. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and so I don't think to hear about them, but yeah, so yeah, that's the, scene, y'all. that's the scene. Got a lot to talk about today. Very excited for this episode. Uh, shoot, Thomas, guess we go ahead and get into it. Uh, you know, I'm gonna start with this. I don't know why I'm trying to do like a story time, or whatever, but y'all just bear with me. <laughs> it's crazy because every single time um, something happens in the NFL, somebody gets hurt, uh, somebody gets signed unexpectedly. My natural instinct says go to YouTube, type in Shannon Sharp. Like, so then <laughs> Joe Burrow gets hurt. Shannon yeah. Sharp, Joe Burrow. And he gets, and this going to take me right to what he says about it. Almost yep. like what academics does. I do a lot with academics and hip hop. It's like academics, whatever topic he gets hit. And he does a lot of live streams so he can kind of spoke yep. real quickly. Yeah. Shannon, I've been seeing Shannon Sharp. I see him on Instagram, uh, like showing, like, guys, I'll be back soon. And then you'll see him like, but taking a picture with like an ad or something under it, or like him showing he's on vacation at different people's houses. He was yeah. just somebody's house, right? Who is it? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It looked like it was like some event. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, because I, I saw the same picture you're talking about. He was sitting out there. It looked like a little half or something, but yeah, yeah he was at some event with a bunch of athletes and stuff. It's like, he's like in Miami with DJ Khaled. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. 
I'm thinking like I, I get it like financially like that would benefit him to go on live streams that just making Instagram money but it's like Shannon but my whole point to say that is because everybody's wondering like where's Shannon been and so that was yeah. actually one of our first topics today but then it's announced Thomas sent it to me I had just saw it I was at the gym that uh, he's gonna do two days a week uh, Monday and Tuesday with Stephen A Smith on first take which is very exciting kind of still want to know where he's gonna be at kind of mainstream as far as you know a daily basis especially yeah. with football season coming around the corner thomas what do you think about the news of shannon sharp the head with stephen a smith to first take twice a week uh i feel like we we kind of saw the new I, I feel like it was uh you know a lot of foreshadowing going on but when stephen a smith came out and officially was like you know i can confirm you know i do want him on the show and talks with him kind of thing but he's like you know nothing's confirmed as far as him being on but the fact that he came out saying all that you know I think it pretty much confirmed that you know and on top of all the firings and stuff we were seeing this being doing you know people were you know speculating like all right you know they're probably trying to clear out uh you know some room for that Shannon Sharp move so I wasn't surprised by the move I think I was more surprised that it was just a, a two-day a week thing um you know as of right now I guess it's being Monday and Tuesday uh I mean I guess it's just so you know they can just get his immediate response right after that, you know, those weekends of football, you'll get him after Saturdays and Sundays, and then you'll get him after the Monday night game too. Um, but, you know, just with this 24-hour news cycle we got going now, I'm like you, I'm just, I'm curious about what it's going to be like the other, you know, three days of the week. Um, so, yeah, I, I wasn't surprised about the move at all. I'm excited for it um, because, you know, ever since Shannon's been on Undisputed, it's always been like, or what if Shannon was on, you know, debating with Stephen A. That was on, you know, always like a what if thing, but, you know, we just never really, really saw it coming to fruition. So I'm excited to see how that, you know, dynamic is going to work because, you know, I think a lot of people see Shannon and Stephen A, you know, kind of in that same light when it comes, you know, like they both are, are you know, passionate when they debate and get loud. You know, they can be pretty funny. You know, they kind of they come from that old school, um, you know, you know, way of teaching. Uh so yeah, I'm I'm just excited to see how that dynamic is gonna go on screen. Uh really. So yeah. No, I'm very I'm very excited as well. And I think people are just happy to hear something like, okay, so we know where Shannon's gonna be two days a week. I originally thought that maybe he was gonna like maybe like NBC or CBS was gonna try to jump in the lane of the daytime talk show. Maybe have yeah. Shannon come in there. He probably would have to get part ownership of the show because he's gonna bring so many viewers. Or, or maybe even he was going to do like his own YouTube thing, but then everybody was saying, no, ESPN is doing a bidding war. Did you see also Pat McAfee is going to be coming on a noon? Um, yeah. It's crazy. When you think back to, I really didn't start tuning into them to like probably the pandemic or maybe a little before him and the boys, Pat McAfee yep. boys. And now to see the date, the 12 o'clock slot, which is an important slot. Of a lot yep. of people, you're not working, maybe work night shift or something at the barbershops, wherever else. Those guys daily, I think they're gonna still be on YouTube, but they're daily on ESPN. So shout out to them. And that Pat McAfee show has come a long way. Did you ever check it out? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm 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 you know, much like you, like that that early pandemic time or like pre-pandemic, whenever they, you know, first initially started the, the live shows on YouTube, that's really when I was uh, you know, deep in I don't want to say like deep into it, but I mean, yeah, I, I was watching pretty consistently. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, I know about this show for a little minute. Hey, uh, I remember, I don't hear them as much anymore. I feel like they used to, like, drop a lot of clips on Twitter. Maybe the algorithm just doesn't show them to me. Because they used to be, like, popping, like, four or five of them a day on Twitter. That's why I used yeah. to see a lot of them. When they used to be, like, millions and millions. Yeah, like, yeah. That's, that what kind of got me on. I think I, I remember, like, kind of rehearsing, not rehearsing it, but saying it a lot myself. Yeah. So, Definitely looking forward to that. It's crazy on the flip side of that. So with Shannon being off undisputed, everybody's like, who's going to replace him? And then there's even some reports were even saying they're having a real hard time trying to figure out if they're going to bring Lil Wayne on a couple of times and mm -hmm. stuff. But it looks like it's official Richard Sherman undisputed, which if I am on that board boardroom, whatever team, I'm like, yo, that, that was a good move. That's, that's a great move because, you know, there's already that built-in tension between mm -hmm. this and Richard Sherman, when Richard Sherman declared him with national TV, uh, that uh, he's better at Skip, he's better at life than Skip Bayless. Right. So right. <laughs> to see these two, uh, and I guess Skip Bayless, like, forget what he say. That's going to bring viewers. And they had, and the thing is, they couldn't just go out and get somebody. They had to go find a staple. And so to go get Richard, yep. Sherman, who's been recently 
kind of started his own podcast. Maybe he's been doing it for a while, but it's actually pretty interesting. I think a lot mm-hmm. of people like to hear his perspective. So thought that was a major get. What were your thoughts on the move Richard Sherman to Undisputed with Skip Bayless? Yeah, I agree. I, I thought it was a good move. You know, that was the first thing that came into my head, too, was that old clip from first take. So, you, you know, you're right. I think that was pretty smart of Fox to try and try and build off of that. Um, you know, like you said, you like, like you know, tension for right now is, you know, what we can call out. I can only assume since they're going to be doing the show together, they, you know, obviously, like, you know, probably chop it up about that or whatever, move past that. Um, but, yeah, it's, it, I, I think that's definitely a good move. You know, you get somebody who, who comes from, you know, that same pedigree as a Shannon Sharp. Richard Sherman's probably going to be a, a future Hall of Famer, you know, in a couple of years. He's a Super Bowl champion, um, you know, double digits in the league. Uh, and, and he's got that, you know, uh, you know, kind of big personality, you know, similar to Shannon Sharp. We, you know, know Richard Sherman for being a, a trash talker um, in his time in the league. Uh, we know he's real intelligent, you know, a Stanford graduate and all that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it was a good move. You know, I think when talks initially started, this wasn't one of like the bigger, like glam, you know, prospects when it came to that role when it comes to replacing Shannon Sharp. But when they made the move, I think, you you know, take a step back and look at it. You're like, OK, that. That made a lot of sense because, um, you know, I think I think Richard Sherman is a guy who can, who can come on TV and, you know, hold his weight every day when it comes to, to debate, um, you know, with Skip Bayless. When it comes to the Lil Wayne thing, I'm, I'm a little interested, you know, to see on on, on how that will go. Um, you know, uh, we all know about Skip and, and Wayne's personal relationship and all that. So, you know, I can see how that how that came from that. But, um, yeah, I guess I, I'll just be interested to see how it goes with, with Lil Wayne talking sports, you know, two times out of the week. So, yeah, it, it, you know, it'll be interesting to see. But like I said, all in all, I think it's a good move by, by Fox. I'm thinking of the Lil Wayne thing. It was like, it was a grab. And I'm sure Lil Wayne's like, sure, why not? But it's just right. like, like, as sports fans, they're like, you know, hip, especially in hip-hop, we're like, okay, let's see what Wayne's talking about. But it's it's just not something I don't think we necessarily, like, okay, let's go in here from every week, but whatever. Right, and right. Heard this hard. I think it was a weightlifting song. I think it was mm-hmm. a weightlifting song. I heard of uh, and he he was in it with. Oh no, let me find this real quick. He was in it with uh Alicia Keys. I want to say, hold on, let me find the name of the song. It's definitely gonna be the outro for today. That's no doubt a question now that we kind of bring a little. It was a. Uh, it was come out of Wayne's song. Yeah, well, I think he's a feature in it. Hold on, I got it pulled up right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, Alp Music Tips is on Spotify. Has kicked me off. Shout out Spotify. <laughs> but we don't. Hey, we don't want y'all endorsement deal like everybody gives away. But, <laughs> but, but there's. This, let's see if I can find it real quickly. If I can, I'll just move on by it. But this is a song I found with. Uh, yeah, Nat King Call unlocked. Mm-hmm. Wayne is in it. It's hard. It's hard. Y'all hear it on the outro, but that, that's going to be yeah, yeah. a little Wayne made me think of that. So real quick, when we're talking about TV shows, I was going to figure out how I can like seamlessly shift that, but there's no way to do it. So here, <laughs> have you watched that Johnny Manziel documentary yet? Nah, I ain't seen it yet. Aside from all the, you know, like I said, social media, so you have the thing for even watching. So, but aside from that, I ain't seen the full thing. Thomas. The listeners. I was about to say the viewers. Good? Not on. Yeah. Uh, we're not on a viewing platform. <laughs> we are <laughs> Apple uh, Podcast uh, or Google Podcast, wherever you listen to this at. But no, Thomas. Dope. Even from the clips that we we we've seen, if y'all on TikTok, y'all might have seen them. It's interesting. It is because yeah. they Johnny Menzel's agent in there. That it's just an interesting thing to watch, and it and it kind of they show the highlights in a way. Where you remember them, but you're still like, oh shoot, they go into a little bit of his high school experience. Yeah. I would recommend anybody go check that out sooner than later. It's a really good documentary. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, I, yeah, I ain't seen it yet. I'm uh I'm excited for that the Florida one they're about to release. Yeah, I think they're releasing that a little closer to the start of the season. I think like sometime next week they might be releasing. Um but now nah, yeah, yeah, I ain't seen it yet. Um like I said, social media be spoiling it for me. Um, I mean, the, I think the thing I saw the most was the story where he talked about like he didn't study any of the, the Browns playbook when he got to the league. Um, you know, I, I don't want to 
spoiler for anybody who ain't seen it. I mean, I ain't seen it myself, but just with you know some of the topics and stuff. Um, but now, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm definitely gonna go take a look at it. Uh, I heard that they they kind of glossed over some some uh, parts when it comes when it comes to football. You know, they kind of made that, that football story seem like a little little too perfect. You know, like Johnny just wasn't getting beat at all at Uh But I mean, I'm gonna have to see for myself. But yeah, I heard I heard a bunch of good reviews about it. When you listen to it, you're like, what? It kind of looked a little bit how it was. They definitely didn't talk about that a lot about that year. Remember when they beat Duke and I mean they beat yeah Duke in the Chick Fil A Bowl like mm-hmm. that was real real sped up. They spent a little yeah. time on his high school, a little time on that Heisman year, but after that it kind of all was a blur. I ain't gonna lie to you, it was, was kind of no. See that's see that's 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 kind of not because you all that's kind of what I was was getting a sense of, I was like, it doesn't seem like it's much like football. It seems like it's more about all the outside stuff that was surrounding it. Um, so, yeah, I think that's why I wasn't just so quick to jump on it, because I'm like, well, I know, you know, not just talking about just, you know, his, his strictly on the field stuff. Um, but, yeah, so, but, I mean, you, you, but you still, you know, enjoyed it for the most part? Definitely enjoyed it. Wish there was a docu-series. I, I could have right. Fresh college, I mean high school episode about high school, a recruiting episode about that. I would like to hear a little more from his high school football. And you know, see, here's the problem. I ain't gonna lie to you. Here's the problem. I remember I heard Kanye West say this. He says the problem is he says for now he almost cares more about watching the tutorial on how the movie was made than the movie. It's like mm. so I was listening to is that Joe Budden or Academics, one of those two, and they were saying. You got to think about it, and we're going to bring up Drake's here. Shout out Drake. I think two weeks before For All the Dogs comes out. Very excited about that. But um, they're saying whenever he does a documentary, or not a documentary, whenever he does an interview, like remember, he did that one with Rap Radar about two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. They were saying that whenever he does one, he's publishing it. It's coming out on his YouTube, so he's controlling yeah. the content. So it's like... Yeah. When you look at the people, the questions they ask and stuff, if they ask a question he doesn't like, it's not going to be on there. Oh, right. Yeah, I'm thinking right. like this. It's like, well, now that I think about it, you don't really see how much Johnny Manziel's high school coach in there or the coach. Mm. So then it's like, because it was only like an hour, 15 minutes. And you know, the Johnny right, right. story is a very complex story. Right, so right, I right. think about it, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> well, wait a right, minute. Right, right. Like, how much information is really being left off of it? So, yeah, yeah it's it was interesting. Brady Quinn, I was listening to Brady Quinn. I don't know if y'all remember Brady Quinn. You should. Uh, was Notre Dame quarterback through the Reggie Bush years when he was at USC mm-hmm. and went on going to the Browns. And he gave a very interesting perspective. He was like, wait a minute. For Johnny Menzel to not watch any film as an NFL quarterback, he was – as either him or Joe Thomas was saying, he was like, how disrespectful is that to the pick that he took up to get that position in yeah. draft to not even, is it one thing you go to a bad organization, but it's like to not even try. Right, right. Yeah, the fact that he, it was like zero, why, like, come on, yeah, you ain't even faking to make it seem like you was trying to watch film. Like, yeah, that's, that's different. And then Brady was saying too, he was like, how do you live? And this is what I've, I've always learned. Like people who live life like this, life just look easier for you at, to extend to it doesn't work. Because Brady Quinn was like, I can't even imagine going into an NFL football game not watching film. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah. Because they use this good. And y'all, if y'all want to just type in on YouTube, Johnny Manziel and Brady Quinn. I kind of, we like to do everything here. And like, you can go back there. But like, I know a lot of y'all probably won't go back and watch it. So I'm just going to give it to you now. But <laughs> you get it straight from the source. But it's like there, like there's a lot of different ways in this league to go bad, especially when nobody's in school anymore. So even if you don't care that much about football and you're just talented, make it to, talented enough to make it to the NFL, you have all day to do this, and you're yep. surrounded by teammates who do this all day. So you're gonna get a, a doctorate degree in football just by being in the NFL. So it's like for the quarterback to not be watching any of this and to be going against the defense on a week to week basis. Yep. Insane. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah, that's crazy. That's you know, crazy you say that. I was just watching, I think I was watching the um one of Cam Newton's, you know, funky Friday things he was doing. I was watching the video yesterday. Um, and he was talking about how football football is the only sport where as a quarterback, 
you're the default leader of any team you're on. Like no matter the no matter what football team you look at, the full, the quarterback's gonna have that C on his chest. Like regardless. So that just, you know, that just kinda like you said, that you know, really you kinda gotta cut some rounds the Browns some slack, you know, for, for those couple years they had Donnie Manziel and weren't really up to par because it's like you got the guy who's supposed to be the face of the franchise, you know. Um I think Cam who said it in that video, he was like, Your your starting quarterback's only as good as your as your uh, as your starting kicker. Um, so it's like, you know, this, you got the guy who's supposed to be pacing the franchise, leading the franchise, and he's not watching the liquor film. So, yeah, that's just, yeah, that's a recipe for disaster. But, yeah, just, just, just about the, uh, the documentary, you know, in general, I'm, I'm with you, like, just it being an hour, I'm like, yeah, I feel like there's, there's a lot that, that was left out of that. Cause, like you said, Johnny Football, at, at the height of when that, all this Johnny Football stuff was going on, yeah, it's, it, it's it's way deeper than just an hour worth of a, a, a conversation. So yeah, I feel like they could have they could have came a little better than that. Yeah, but like, you could do an hour like no offense to him, but like Kirk Cousins, like at in in college, it's okay. Kirk yeah, Cousins. it's like this guy the highs the lows. It's too much. Yeah, need need more information on it. But I think it was produced by him because I heard him say. I get to tell my own story, so therefore, you know. Like, yeah, that's that's that's, 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 that's everybody lying easy. Yeah, yeah, because then you will highlight what you wanted to. But yeah, so just yeah. kind of want to mention that. Another thing is we kind of keep transitioning in. Uh, Hard Knocks Jets. Are you watching it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I just I just watched the second episode uh, yesterday. But I yeah, so I've I've been keeping up with that. I was actively watching the second one now. The Hard Knocks is interesting because you definitely, like, because I just been having a lot of stuff to do, so I haven't been able to get to it for a long time. But mm-hmm. the Hard Knocks as your team, your team having Hard Knocks that year, it definitely gives your players a little bit more likeliness by the fans, even if you're not necessarily a fan of the team. Like, you know, sure. I don't really care too much to watch like Aaron Rodgers and Cyrus like on the field, you know what I'm saying? Occasionally if he's yeah. but let's say if it's a Thursday night and I got something to do, I'm probably not gonna kind of stop what I'm doing to watch Thursday night football. But it's like after you watch him on hard knocks and you watch Sauce Gardner and then you watch yeah. being watching Gary Wilson he's at Ohio State. But you watch these guys, you go, these are likable guys. Like, hey if I see the Jets playing, I don't know, another team in the league that may not be like one of the better teams. It's like after watching hard knocks, it's like, no, I feel like I know some of those players. I'll probably tune into it. So it's been interesting to watch so far. Uh, Have you been enjoying it? Yeah, I have. You know, I think what you said is is a big reason why it's so popular is because it it just gives a fan like a more personal experience. Like it it literally puts you inside the meeting rooms, inside the locker rooms, on the practice field. Um, You know, you get to see players with their helmets all which that's, that's something people sleep on, you know, a lot when they think about football. Like, majority of the time you see these athletes, you're thinking of them with their whole uniform on, um, you know, helmet and all. So it's like you hardly even seeing what their full face like face looks like. So, yeah, Hard Knocks is, is great because of that. It, it's, just, it's, it's a lot more intimate, um, you know, when, when it comes to, like, showing how the players interact with each other and stuff like that. And just kind of like the ins and outs of a, of a you know, professional football team. Um, you know, I think it helps it, – it, helps a fan, um, you know, gain more respect for what the players do. Um, you know, I think a lot of times the fans forget about the work that goes on, you know, b- before the season starts. you just used to cutting your TV on on Sundays and, and seeing them play for two hours and then that's it. But, you know, it's a lot of it's a lot of hard work and stuff that goes on in the background too. So, yeah, I love Hard Knocks for showing it off um, with the players. And, and, yeah, I've been enjoying it. They just got, like, one of the most, you know, one of the more uh, exciting teams in the league this year. You know, they got a, a bunch of good free agent signings, like you say, good young players with um, uh, Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson, guys like that. Um, just signed Dalvin Cook, so I know he's, you know, probably going to be getting some content on that next episode. But, yeah, this, this I, I've uh, been keeping up with him heavy the past couple of years, and this, this Jets one is, is definitely one of the best, I think. Yeah, because in case y'all haven't been watching it, they're highlighting a lot of, like, the Garrett Wilson versus Sauce Gardner battles, which makes you like both players a little bit more. Uh, you got the Aaron – I really love the piece of Aaron Rodgers on the sideline with the headset, and he's kind of talking yeah. with the coaches. thought that was really cool. And then also this relationship between him and Zach Wilson is kind of a storyline where – which, ironically, I think, you know, my – 
definitely probably upset Zach Wilson at first, but it might really be one of the best things for his career because it really takes that pre- – like now the pressure's on Aaron Rodgers. You see he walk into the practice, mm-hmm. all the fans are cheering for him. It's like all the pressure's on him. So you can kind of get lost in the sauce, and you also get to learn from him because – and the thing is, too, Aaron Rodgers is a different type of quarterback – he obviously won the best, and it's crazy because he probably looks around now in the league. It's like, where's Big Ben? Where's Tom? Yep. I'm, the, <laughs> I'm the old man. Like uh-huh. I saw in the um, in the meeting room, it's like he is the guy with two chairs to the right and the left where nobody sits beside him. But yeah. but he throws the ball a lot with his body. Like he's kind of like one yeah. of the starters of the new age of quarterback, not the Peyton Mannings and those types. But this is kind of the guy who uses his arm like a whip and kind of yep. that, which is similar to Zach Wilson. So it's interesting watching them two kind of him tell hey, Zach do this instead of this. And like I'm saying, I think this really might help Zach Wilson's career because now he kind of gets the Patrick Mahomes to an extent, but not really. But like where Patrick Mahomes got to sit down for a year and how it used to be and then go into it. Now is obviously Zach's been in that fire. But now he can kind of build his confidence as the second team guy get some reps yeah. in the season. And then so by the time he, when he gets his opportunity, whether it's with the uh, Jets or another organization, it's like, okay, I, I done been through that fire. I done had some time to sit behind somebody to learn, and now I'm ready to do it again. Uh, so what are your thoughts on the Zach Wilson kind of transition from being the guy in New York, well, the second guy because he was the Jets, to now being the backup for Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you 100%. That's, you know, a great point you make about uh, – Aaron Rodgers really kind of leading that charge of like that that modern day quarterback where well I don't want to say modern day because you know modern day pretty much everybody's mobile in some shape or form but like you said throwing with his body different arm angles and stuff you know not all in it um yeah I, I you know like you said real similar to Zach Wilson um you know I, I think it's is more than the uh, Mahomes situation I think it's real comparable to Aaron Rodgers situation Bay. With Brett Favre, and he sat behind Brett Favre for you know more than uh, a couple of seasons, probably like two or three seasons, I want to say. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think this is this is perfect for Zach Wilson. This is like, you know, I don't want to call it like a career saving move, but I mean, we kind of saw the the trajectory, you know, his career was heading to, um, which is that whole New York franchise just just being put on his shoulders like that. Um, so yeah, I, I think it'll be great for him to sit behind Aaron Rodgers, um, and and you know get the line behind him. Um, and you know, it's not like Zach Wilson's a, a, a rookie doing all this. I mean, he's going in what is his third season, I think. Um, so I mean, he already has two years of, of you know experience on his own that you know he's able to learn from. And you couple that in with you know arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. So yeah, I, I feel like the, the ceiling for Zach Wilson is just you know higher than ever right now. Um, you know, I think it, it'll just it, it might just be tough for the Jets kind of handling that that progression. Um, you know, because it might be like by the time Aaron Rodgers, you know, is, is retiring, maybe Zach Wilson's up for a big contract or something like that. Which I mean, it'd be hard to give a backup a big contract, but I mean that that's you know that's that's nothing we haven't seen before. Um, so yeah, I think that'll be the only challenge for the Jets is is that when it comes time to make that transition from Rodgers to whoever's next, you know, is is, is Zach Wilson still gonna be there? Um you know, for, for that cheap price they're getting them at now. Um, but, you know, just aside from all that, yeah, I, I think it's it's perfect situation for, for Zach Wilson. And since you mentioned big contracts, I was going to talk about it later, but since you mentioned it, we're going to talk about it right now real quick. Justin Herbert got the big deal, got his contract five years, 262. Oh, boy, that's a lot of money. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> looking at, I'm just looking at the numbers. Yeah. You know how sometimes you read these numbers, like, let me make sure I say it right. We're just going right. to $262 million over five years. Uh, and $218 million of that will be guaranteed. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Huge signing bonus. Do you think that he's deserving of that contract? Well, shout out him for getting it. You know what I'm saying? It was dope for yeah. him. Out of Oregon, there were some question marks. Some guys didn't know if he was going to be able to do it. Clearly, he's impressed the organization. And uh, now he's getting a major deal. Do you think that's a good contract for him? And do you think the Chargers – do the Chargers have the chance to one day, like, make it to the Super Bowl, or are they just going to be a nice t- second team in L.A.? Um, uh, well, first, to answer the, the contract question, I mean, I, you know, you could say it's well-deserved. We, we definitely see the talent and the potential, Herbert. I just think when you compare his 
resume and what he's done in his in his couple years that we um and I I hate to kind of bring up the, the like old debate or whatever, but just when you kind of saw the the stuff we were dealing with with Lamar and like how iffy his contract situation was for Herbert to just get it, you know, just have to snap a finger like that. I feel like that's a little odd for a guy who doesn't, you know, even have a playoff win. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, everybody else who got paid this summer. I mean, Hurts been to Super Bowl, Burroughs been to Super Bowl. Lamar has an MVP, but, that, you know, has a, a playoff win or two under his belt. Um, so, I mean, like I said, I, I, you know, the, the Chargers definitely paid him more potential than, you know, stuff he's actually shown on the field. But, you know, nevertheless, it's always good to, to secure your, your franchise quarterback, you know, this early. Um, you know, in his career. Um, and as far as the second question, when it comes to them competing for a Super Bowl, it's going to be tough regardless, you know, as long as they got to deal with Mahomes over there in the AFC. Um, I mean, Mahomes has just got like that LeBron effect, like how we see in basketball, where it's like, you know, a team is just, you know, as good as they want to be. But it seems like every time, you know, somebody runs into Mahomes, it's just like that wall they can't get over. Um, so, I mean, it'll be tough. They definitely got a lot of talent on their roster, you know, between Herbert and, and you know, your Mike Williams. And now they got, uh, you know, uh, old boy from TCU, uh, Johnston. You know, you got Derwin James on the defensive side, Joey Bosa. So the talent is there, but, um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's tough in football. When you only get one shot at it, uh, you know, you don't, you don't have, you know, you know, five, seven game series or whatever. It's tough. I just think as long as, as Mahomes is over there, it's going to be tough for him. Uh, They're in the same place, right? Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, they play twice a year. So that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, yeah, they're, they're always going to be competing with each other. So, I mean, I, I you know, like I said, he'll always go, have to go through Mahomes in some way, shape, or form. Unless Mahomes, you know, has some some injury where he misses a lot of time or, um, you know, the Chiefs just, just – you know, end up uh, regressing some of these next few years. But, yeah, man, it's, it's tough. Just the AFC in general, you know, I mean, Mahomes is like a top dog, but, I mean, you got Burrow in the AFC, Lamar, Deshaun Watson. I mean, that, that AFC is like, you know, you think about, like, football and, like, the Pac-12 and, you know, all those high-flying schools like that. That's kind of like how the AFC is in the NFL. Those, all your high-powered offenses and, and you know, uh, aired-out type offenses are over there, so – it, it, it'll be tough for him. Let's see. Yeah, and then one thing to note, too, as well. Hold on, let me pull my notes up here real quickly. All right, you're doing something. Who else? Uh, and I just wanted to kind of note, too, it's kind of crazy how a couple years back, uh, Jordan Love, we were hearing about him coming out of Utah State, the guy coming out. You know, they heard question marks. I think he ended up going in the first round, right, to the Packers? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, there was, and then so he's kind of been in hibernation a little bit, seeing some action here and there, and now yeah. Green Bay is his to run. So we're, I think we're all a lot of reports have come out. They're trying to figure out what they have in them. They see some more maturity, and uh, they're excited to see what they have. But he's definitely the guy right now in Green Bay, and so you know that organization's been used to Hall of Fame quarterback play, whether it be Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre. But so we're gonna see what happens there in Green Bay. Keep this thing moving. We got a lot of topics to hit on today. And uh, Zoom trying to get us out of here. Before the <laughs> <laughs> Another quarterback situation that's kind of been interesting to watch. We've been following it for a while now. Is this Trey Lance situation in San Francisco? San Francisco is a win now. They got a really good roster. They just need their quarterback to play at a high level. Brock Purdy's coming off the injury. Uh, looks like he's back playing now. You, just, you know, honestly, I just feel for Trey Lance. It's like he's the guy <laughs> that came out of North Dakota State. They traded a lot to get him, and mm -hmm. it hasn't. He's been hurt. He just hasn't met expectations. Then you go get the guy that they picked up late in the draft. He outperforms. Now they're like, he's the guy, and you're kind of sitting there. And I, and you get, you have to imagine that that message with your confidence, uh, yeah. just being like you're a high pick, and there's so much expectation, you feel like you're not living up to it. And then Sam Darnold just keeps coming out to win different places and popping up and starting. <laughs> he's QB one. So, yeah. what are your thoughts on what's kind of going on right now in San Francisco? Yeah, I feel bad for him. You know, like you said, I, I know his confidence is probably shot because of that. Like you said, you you know, you got you can outplayed by the by Mister Irrelevant. And I think Brock Purdy was like the last pick in his draft. Um, so you get outplayed by by the you know the last pick in the draft, and then like you said, they bring Darnold over um, in free agency. So 
you know, it's, it's, you know, it's hard to have confidence when it's like, you know, you, you see your team clearly coming in, you know, bringing in guys to replace you um, or to compete with you. Uh, and, you know, just him dealing with that, that bad injury he had last year. So it's just been tough for him to get it going. Um, you know, sometimes for the, you know, guys in a situation like that, a fresh start, um, you know, it, it's good for him. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of hearing they don't really like his fit as well as they thought they would in that offense, you know, Shanahan, you know, you know, is, is known for that style of offense. He runs with, uh, with a lot of outside, um, you know, zone read, tight run plays, and then you know, a lot of play action, and, and you know, crossing routes going on by the receivers. Um, so you know, it it, it kind of is a little odd to see a, a quarterback with the ability of, of a Trey Lance. You know, we're used to seeing like like Jimmy G and offense like that. Is, you know, not a real athletic guy. So to see them, you know, take that chance on a guy like Lance, you know, it, it was a little interesting. You know, I could see how they would look at it adding another dimension to their game. But, you know, that that already kind of was a, a little bit of a shaky fit from the jump. So, you know, for Trey Lance, I hope he can get it going. I like him as a player. Um, I think the offense in San Francisco would be deadly, you know, if he could get it going and be in, and, you know, be that guy, um, you know, that big of a running threat, uh, you know, coming from your, your quarterback. I think it'll be, uh, you know, just crazy for them just already having Debo and, and Ayuk and McCaffrey and all those guys out there, Kittle. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I you know, for his sake, I, I hope it works out. But like I said, some sometimes you need that, that fresh start. And, you know, Trey Lance, I think, uh, grew up. I think he's from Minnesota. So, you know, Kirk, Kirk, <laughs> Kirk kind of getting out there in age. So, you know, hey. Might be right for the pig, and you know he might fall in our hands in a couple of years, so you never know. But, but I, I, like I, said, I, I just hope he figures it out. It has been kind of messy situation out there in San Francisco, but I, I hope he'll get it together. Yeah, and the thing is, I just want to emphasize they're in like a win now situation. They got the right. the weapons, they got the defense in line, they got the linebackers. Like San Francisco, right. that Bears trying to get trying to get them a Super Bowl win here. They came close. Jimmy G, they keep getting hurt and stuff like that. But yes, yeah. they're trying to make this thing happen. So it's gonna be that's definitely a storyline to watch. And if he does end up going somewhere else, where who ends up taking him, is he able to kind of reboot his career and get going? Kind of like what we talked about with Zach Wilson situation, but this one's a little bit differently, just because they kind of moved heaven on earth to get him there. But uh, yeah, that's nah, not to cut you off, man. That's kind of when you think about it. Like the 49ers are in a situation, like you said, they're winning now, but it's like the missing pieces, uh, your quarterback, that's usually not the worst. It's like, you know, you the missing pieces, like a number one receiver or a good lineman or something, but it's like to have every piece but your quarterback, that's, I think, where a lot of that confusion was coming from. But like you said, you're bringing in the rookie quarterback, but the rest of the team expectation is like, we were just in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, so like, we trying to win now. We ain't got time to, you know, develop nobody. So, yeah, he was just kind of thrown in a bad situation from the jump. And can you imagine the toughness to be in that locker room when everybody, you know, some dudes are going to try to sit in there and try to, you know, bro, like, you know, Dak, don't worry about it. But at the same time, it's like, yo, like a lot's are riding on this. And yeah. we time for the reboot. And on top of that, there apparently there's been a study that shows at this point, and this, at this point, sometimes you think there's no break in the system. There's a, uh, there's like, if you look at it, guys that spend a lot of time playing college football at quarterback, mm-hmm. They, they usually have better careers in the NFL than guys have only played, like maybe been a starters for like one season in college, which is going to be kind of interesting with the Anthony Richardson situation as well. Yeah. Just yeah. Like, you ain't played a lot and the stakes are the highest. Like, yep. Figure it out quickly. And we trade a lot for you. So right. it's <laughs> got to happen. It's, but, but speaking of which, you know, it's kind of, so is Bosa practicing now or is he still waiting to get his deal done? I don't even know. I I feel like maybe he's still waiting because I feel like, you know, we probably would have saw some big fanfare, you know, that he was back at practice or whatever. Or we would have seen some kind of clip from training camp, you know, some practice or something. So the fact that I can't think of anything like that has me thinking he's probably – he might still be negotiating it. Hey, look, if you're a GM, now, granted, you want to get that deal done. That's one of the best pass rushers in football. But for some reason, I'm the GM. That's one brother I'm not worried about being ready to go once they get started. Right, right. You got some guys, you say, are they working now? Are they going to be ready to go? <sighs> that Bosa brother, that one from Ohio State, well, that one specifically, the second one, the first one's nice, too. He's obviously out in L.A. But uh, that's just one I'm like, whenever he gets here, and he or if he, maybe he's there, he's not on the practice field. Whenever he's yeah. ready to go, 
As a matter of fact, this could be great for his backup because now his backup's able to get some reps because, you know, he's in there. Bosa's taking everything. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting to watch. We kind of mentioned it, want to hit on it real quickly. Anthony Richardson, quarterback, another quarterback, did not play that long in college. Like, what, one year (laughs) as a starter? Yeah, one year as a starter, yeah. And now he at Florida, as we all know, he's the head guy at uh, the QB1 has been announced for the Colts. What okay, full disclosure, I just did not watch a lot of him at Florida. I, I saw the highlights and the long runs, a couple throws here mm-hmm. and there, but I just didn't watch that much at Florida. Uh, what are your thoughts? Him being named QB1 and uh, Indianapolis? Uh, I think it's a good move. Uh, a lot of NFL teams draft these quarterbacks, these, these young quarterbacks, and then you know, want to sit them for a while, which you know, you, you can't really knock that either. But I mean, the best, you know, the best teacher is experience. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I feel like that's honestly the, the best scenario for him. And especially when when the guy who you're competing with isn't some, like, he's competing with Gardner Minshew. You know, it's not like a Zach Wilson and Rodgers situation where you're competing with a Hall of Famer. Like, you're competing, in, you're competing with a guy who you arguably are better than right now. <laughs> so, it's like, you know what, you know what, you know, obviously, aside from just compared to being a rookie to a vet, you know, he'll be some college there, but... I mean, aside from that, you know, it's only so much, you know, you're going to get from backing up a guard and mention. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it was a good move from the coach, you know, throw him in, throw him in the fire early, get him that experience. You know, the coach aren't really on, on a win now type of track. So, um, you know, I, I think it's a good decision. Like I said, get your young guy in there, you know, have him, have him take his losses, get some experience and, and just learn throughout the season. Um, you know, but all that talent he has, you know, it, it'll be – I think we'll look back and, and it'll be – I think it'll, it'll be a big leap from watching him in week one and then watching him in, in, in week 17. Um, I think it'll just be like nine days, just all the experience he'll be getting from week to week. So, I, th- I think it was a good move by the Colts. I, I wish more teams would follow that plan, honestly. And with just his big stature, and I kind of reminds you a little bit of like a uh, – and well, they're probably hoping, kind of like Josh Allen. It's like we right. get him in there and he kind of figures out a system. We kind of built a system around him. We get him some weapons. And yeah. you know, Indianapolis is still searching for their guy after Andrew Luck is somewhere doing something probably very <laughs> related. Uh <laughs> I remember they were saying with the, he got a degree and they're like, he'll be just fine. I think he randomly probably yeah. high school and like helped him out throwing those type of guys are just different, but he's earning <laughs> yeah. but, but hey, to keep it moving, uh Calvin Ridley back. Jacksonville. I saw a clip of them like having like a backup wide receiver running uh, like a drill or something, and you see mm-hmm. Calvin running. It's like holy smokes! Like Thomas. Okay, like it's gonna be hard to kind of just kind of explain this, but do your best to explain to people because I think some people kind of undervalue how good Calvin Ridley is because you know he had the mm-hmm. football non-football issue kept him out, and then he had the betting issue kept him out last season. But how right. good of a weapon do you believe Calvin Ridley is for uh, Trevor Lawrence? Um, uh, well, when you look at a guy like Calvin Ridley, you know, those are his, his like prototype of receivers are, are going to be the best type for young quarterbacks, especially because like the name of his game is creating separation. And so that's like the best thing you can do for a young quarterback is give him, you know, like a, like a wide radius to be able to, to, you know, throw the ball into. Now he's always throwing into some tight coverage. So. That's probably like the best attribute you can have as a receiver, just the ability to create separation. Um, and so yeah, that's what he does best. You know, he's like one of the best route runners in the league. You know, for for those who pay attention to sports media, I'm sure you see, you know, these these receivers in the league giving their top five receivers in the league. And, you know, Calvin really is like a name that you see pop up all the time, but he's not, you know, one of the guys you think of in the tier of a Jefferson Jefferson and, and Devontae Adams and Mark Chase. But, you know, he's always in somebody's top receiver conversation, top route in the conversation or whatever. Um, so I think that speaks to how, you know, kind of kind of underrated he is, but he's still respected, you know, among his peers in the league. But, yeah, for a quarterback like Trevor Lawrence, he's perfect. Just because, um, like I said, he, he's a, you know, he's got good speed. He's got good hands. But that ability to, to create separation and, and get away from the DB is the best attribute he's going to have to offer for Trevor Lawrence. And, that's probably the one thing he's missed so far in his career yet. Um, you know, he, he's had some pretty decent military pack receivers, you know, guys like Dave Jones and, and, and Christian Kirk. Um, but 
Calvin Ridley is going to be the first guy he's got that's like a true number one where, you know, third and five, whatever, we know this is the guy we're going to, you know, and I can trust he's going to make the play. So, yeah, it, it's going to be big for Trevor Lawrence. And I think we're going to see Trevor Lawrence make a leap. We saw similar to what Jalen Hurts did last year and what Joe Burrow did the year before that is, you know, recently it's been that trend. We see these guys get them a, a good number one receiver and they just take off. So, I feel like it's yeah, it's inevitable for Trevor Lawrence. I mean, they you know he got a playoff win under his belt last year, so yeah, I think this is the year he he makes that big leap. It's gonna be a big help for him. And y'all, just to understand that he is was well on the, in that line of outstanding Alabama receivers. It's like because I think sometimes for people you gotta take it back to college. It's like look, he fit yep. right in with the Julios, and then you got the Mari Coopers. It's like Calvin was a monster at Alabama. So that and you see all those yep. other guys that had major success. I think just maybe because he's been gone for a couple of years, people kind of forgotten a little bit. Uh, but yeah. Calvin is super nice. So excited to see like everything is well again, mental health, whatever that issue was. I mean, obviously I'm not there, but it seems like from the reports, things have been going well. Yeah. Excited to see what he does in Jacksonville. You know, with Trevor Lawrence being what they think of the next Peyton Manning, it's like he'll get the eyeballs too in Jacksonville. You know, our Jacksonville yeah. is no longer the dormant city or one of the smaller markets nobody cares about. It's like, you know, a lot of people are looking like, you know, that might be one of those teams here in the near future. So excited right. Calvin's productions we to see. Uh, I'm excited about another receiver coming out of Alabama. Amari Cooper needs him to put up some big numbers this year. <laughs> Dog pound. So we're going to see what happens. <laughs> Got to throw that Cleveland reference in there. <laughs> uh, DTR out of UCLA has been balling at quarterback. And he'll yeah. be a backup. Yo, also, I'm pretty sure Josh Rosen, I thought he was a backup for Cleveland. But if you look at that Cleveland Brown quarterback room, all black quarterback room. Right. I was watching the little preseason, uh, like the little I think because they played it, they were playing today, as a matter of fact. And you see mm-hmm. them like, kind of like you know doing like a little countdown, and then it's yeah. like looking at Dobbs, I'm looking at DTR, I'm looking at uh Kellen yeah. I'm looking at yeah. hey look, let me tell you something, a little secret. Watch out for Cleveland this year. <laughs> <laughs> so, excited to see what goes on out oh, it's shooting since we're talking about it. The AFC North, we've talked about it many times. It's a beast. Thomas, please, I hope to God that you – because I don't know enough about this guy, but I know – they took Zay Flowers in the first round, right? Yeah. From Boston College? Yep. You, what do you know about Zay Flowers? Uh, I mean, I you know, like I know all the – I mean, I know – you know, I know about him. I know, you know, like all the general I about him. So what you want, like – yeah, tell talk because all I'm hearing out of the, because the reason I'm bringing this up is the AFC North, yeah. Baltimore Ravens. You know, I'm a big OBJ fan, still old school, still rock with OBJ. Yeah. But you've been hearing a lot of noise coming out about Zay Flowers is really putting on, like, kind of really putting on, I guess you say for yeah. Boston College. But as a rookie receiver, he's been getting a lot more noise. So I'm just kind of giving people a little bit of a backstory of uh, who Zay Flowers is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like I said, he's uh, out of Boston College. Um, you know, he's kind of in a role, you know, in the mode of that like modern day slot receiver. Uh, you know, short, fast, twitchy guy. Um, you know, real shifty. Uh, but he has, you know, kind of that that same. Um, you know, not he's he's not a comparable player to Calvin. Really, not saying they're similar in play style, but they both are good at creating separation. Um, you know, it's just he does it from the slot. Um, and he, he's real good with the ball and the things after the fifth. That's another thing that kind of separates him. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's really just, you know, kind of the main thing surrounding him and, and, and why there's so much hype around him is because of, of how explosive he is with the ball in his hands. And really before, um, you know, just being out of slide, you got a lot of option routes, pivot routes, routes where you're going one way and then coming back another. Um, so that's been that's been a lot of the hype around him is just, you know, you get Lamar another playmaker. Um, and then, you know, you pair him up with Odell out there where, as I think Odell would be more so looked at as like the number one pass catcher, if that makes sense. Like Odell would be, you know, on the outside, he'll be running your more traditional routes, they flowers, or like I said, be running a lot of pivots, he'll be in a lot of jet motion and stuff, jet sweeps, um, you know, receiver screens and stuff like that. So just, just more dimensions getting added to that Ravens offense, you know, more than just, you know, running the ball and leaning on Lamar for, uh, 
um, you know, for him to just do everything in the passing game. You know, now they got somebody, when he throws it to him, you know, it's not played in nowhere once he catches the ball. You know, they got a guy who can get a lot of yards at the catch. So, you know, yeah, to, to sum it up, that's really where a lot of the hype is, is coming from for Zay Flowers. So it's definitely a good pick by the Ravens. That was a great pick for them. Yeah, because you've been, like I said, you've been here nonstop out of that camp. Because, like I said, I'm just looking for OBJ catch. There's that hilarious thing of the coach being like, man, he does the growing hand and catch is great. <laughs> and, the players yeah. like, oh, and it's like, just him. Y'all, y'all. Yeah, know. yeah. But, uh, yeah, I've just been hearing a lot about So I figured you would know more about him. That we should, like, this is almost might become a segment. Because we did this last time when you were talking about uh, George. And, what's the guy from, uh, that's going to Washington? Uh, we're talking about um, basketball now. Oh, Poole. Jordan Poole? Yeah, Jordan Poole. It's yeah. Cool. It's like, I, that's just kind of our zoom in. Maybe I just see like a yeah, spot. Yeah. Thomas' spotlight. I don't know. I gotta <laughs> but, yeah. uh, so y'all definitely look look for him to have a big year. Because uh, like I said, I've been hearing nothing but hype coming out of Zay Flowers out of Baltimore. Or, and now Lamar has all his weapons. Now he got his tight end like always. Now he's got his OBJ. He got his Zay Flowers. So really, really excited. I'm going to try to make it. That's a really great division. It'd be great to go to a game of Literally any of those teams in a divisional matchup, it would be a great catch out. But after yeah. doing that, gonna keep moving here because we still gotta talk college football. Last topic in the NFL, though, I'm gonna mention this one. Dalvin Cook is leaving Thomas, Minnesota Vikings. Well, I guess he's a free agent, but the Jets have picked him up. So sure we'll see a lot about hard knocks. Don't want to dwell on that too much. Want to talk about the other guy, Ezekiel Elliott heading to the Patriots. All right, so we saw Ezekiel Elliott got his big contract. We just didn't see the same Ezekiel Elliott anymore. A lot of NFL running backs are really upset right now because they're saying they're penalized for production because they say they produce really well. Next thing you know, the teams are saying, ah, he produced real well last season. It's probably going to be hurt. Too much production hasn't been to their advantage. My question to you, Thomas, is do you think that we're going to see Ezekiel Elliott on a comeback tour with the Patriots? He's going to light it up and remind everybody in the NFL who he is, or do you think we have already seen our best of Ezekiel Elliott? Yeah, I, I think we've seen the best of Zeke already. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, I think the Pages may have him in, like, a bigger role this year than he was with the Cowboys last year. I mean, with the Cowboys last year, he was almost like a – he was starting to become like a glorified fullback, um, you know, with the emergence of, of – you know, with the emergence of Tony Pollard talking about. Zeke was just becoming, like, the short yardage guy, pass protection guy. So, um, I mean, I think he would be doing a lot of the similar thing in, in New England. Like, you know, like I said, just a little bit bigger of a role. But – yeah, I think his best days are behind him. And that's really no knock to him. I mean, that's kind of just the nature um, of the game when it comes to running back. I mean, they, you know, take take some of the most uh, punishment, you know, out of any position on a football field. Um, so, you know, like I said, that, that's really no knock to Zeke. Um, but, yeah, it's just, you know, that explosiveness goes away quicker than you think. Um, and, I mean, yeah, you know, it's, you know, I know the running backs are, are kind of feeling devalued, like you said, in the market, but, I mean, the truth is just in the, in the NFL we are in the day, guys aren't getting 30, 40 carries a game anymore. So, you know, there's it, really no need to be paying a guy big money when he's only going to be getting the ball. You know, he's only going to be getting 15 touches on the ground. Um, you know, and, and he's not as big of a threat at, out the backfield as like a McCaffrey or Saquon and stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, so, yeah, you know, I think we have seen the best this season to answer your question, but – I think we're kind of going to see a lot more running backs in that similar position as him, where it's kind of going to be hard to re up on that second contract after those that you know rookie contract is overdue, just because I don't know how much you know how much they're going to have left in their legs. You see, it's going to be interesting. I was just thinking about this, how this trickles down because we still have a running back position, it's still a necessary position in football. Even the shotgun, you got the one guy standing behind beside the yeah. quarterback, and then if you're in the pistol or something like that, you got him standing behind. Not as much the eye formation. I feel like that, that's almost a dead in the past. But well, you as a matter of fact, I watched some high school football. Now you see some more of the like the wishbone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A quick wishbone formation. But the trickle-down effect of this, right? So we saw like the RPOs become popular, like college or high school, and it goes up to NFL and then back down to run pass options or or read options, what I meant to say, run pass options as well. But it's like, all right, so now now you go to like a pop warner. So Thomas, you played for you played for the Blythe Bengals. You played for the Seminoles. Both, I just played a year for both. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Thomas is 
Benton Pop Warner football. <laughs> uh, it's crazy. TJ, I was talking to TJ a while back, and he told me he played for you know, Brunson when the rest yeah. of the East. He played for the Packers, the Hopkins Packers. Yeah, yeah. I played for the uh, Coffin Patriots. I ain't going to talk too much about him. But we, I will say Coastal Carolina's highest uh, commit in school history, Larry Collins. He was our quarterback, not to talk about it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, those old heads, old Thomas, we really are the old heads. We're just doing it on camera at night. Right, <laughs> right, right. But, um. Shoot, where was I? Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say where was I going with that? So now when the running back at the park drops the pass that the quarterback throws to him, now does the coach look at him and say, Better learn how to catch. Because you yeah. know back in the day, you could kind of throw the running back out there who can't catch. You play running back yeah. with the ball. Nowadays it's kind of like laying like, grand, everybody ain't going to the league. But yeah. you really might want to consider learning how to catch. As a matter of fact, we need to be able to plug you into the slot. And there needs to be oh, yeah. issues because as you go up now, we've just seen just being able to run that hand off and run the ball, that's no longer good enough. Yep. Nah, you 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 right on the money, man. I've had that conversation, you know, with, with my friends all the time. And I always told them, like, well, I've been telling them the past couple of years, like, I just think in a few years, you're not going to be a running back in the NFL unless you can do, like, what you said, man, unless I can switch you out in the slot and not have any sort of drop off than my, you know, original uh, fly receiver. So, yeah, that's for sure the direction that we get headed in. Um, and, I mean, you can't really look at it like a bad thing. I mean, it's just, you know, it, I mean, yeah, like you said, it's just time to change. It. It really, you know, running backs just were not expected to catch the ball out of the backfield aside from, you know, a, a screen or like a little swing pass every now and then. But, yeah, I mean, I think that's why you see guys these days like B. John Robinson, get taken so high and then you know early in rookie camp they're showing video clips of him lining up in the slot or in training camp he's getting one-on-one rips out of receivers so yeah it, it, it's just gonna be a given in a couple of years like you're not gonna be a, a a valuable running back in the NFL unless you can do both almost on the same level so yeah crazy that these times change man it's funny because yeah. a lot of this stuff the barbers or people used to probably say in the barbershop but I mean yeah, just run, and it's like it takes a little longer. It doesn't just happen instantly. But they'll be like, "Man, yeah. ten years from now." I remember they used to, you know, back in the day, it used to be the conversation. Hey, man, ten years from now, everybody will be getting paid. Sure enough, we got yep. so crazy how that works out. Y'all, we're gonna switch gears to college here real quickly. Y'all, we got we we don't have so much time because otherwise, <laughs> we gonna have to. But it's such a big topic, y'all. This conference realignment is crazy. First of all, we hear Colorado. Is heading to the Big Twelve, and we everybody's thinking, "Wow, Dion them must have already been thinking this." It's like, "Wow, that's crazy." Then we hear, "Oh, actually, the Pac-12 is, and I put on my story, is dissolving." Next thing you know, you got Oregon and Washington heading to the Big Ten. So, just for references, guys, the Big Ten, you are now starting next season. You're going to be able to because we already know USC and UCLA is heading to the Big Ten. So, essentially, yeah. you're going to be able to watch Big Ten football from like noon and in the west coast that's 9 a.m to like 2 p to 2 a.m yep because you got the the big 10 now is i think they said it's covered in each time zone so that yeah. is, when you talk about from like a tv contract that is insane. oh yeah that's nice yeah when you talk about these non like non-football like non-football you no know, because basketball plays multiple times throughout the week that is going to be insane yeah just school, like just you're doing online classes. That's that's just what we're doing. Yeah. You're going through different time zones, multiple times throughout the week, and then now we're hearing the ACC might acquire Stanford. Apparently, and I just looked this up, the, the Stanford and Cal are waiting on an invite from the ACC. So I guess that means the ACC presidents have to vote them in. But it's like, wait yeah. a minute. So now we have Clemson playing Cal on every get on a Saturday. The yeah. For college football, it's going to be. I feel like how we look like at one point, we couldn't believe that you know, AM and all of them were like that Southwestern Conference. Yeah, the name of it. I feel like that's how it's going to look now. It's going to be like kids are going to go back and be like, Well, people are age, like, oh, yeah, you know, such and such is in this conference. It's like, Wait, what? It's like, yeah. That's when the change. So, Thomas, what are your thoughts on this conference realignment? Man, it's been crazy. It's just so much to keep up with. Um, 
you know, this isn't the first time we're seeing this in our generation. You know, we we saw the the decline and the, the death of the Big East. Um, you know, it used to be the Big East. I think that was that was like probably like the biggest one I can remember. I think Big East used to have like Syracuse and all them in it, and then you know they they made their way to the ACC. Some of those people. Um, but yeah, bro, it's 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 crazy, bro. It's it's crazy. You know, obviously from a fan perspective, really just football fan perspective, like you said, it's good just because of all the different matchups you get to see. Like you said, you you know you're gonna have schools from the south playing on the west coast 10 30 at night or whatever but you know when you just think about like the real life aspect of it it is kind of a you know those, those non-football sports and, and athletes did kind of get done a, a raw deal because you know i was seeing stories come out where people are like i specifically committed to this school to stay close to home so my parents could come see me but you know now you don't have a, a oregon what are, what are you saying the big 10 now oregon's gonna be over here in ohio playing in Ohio, um, you know, you're going to have a Texas playing in South Carolina or whatever, you know, it's just all over the place now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you you got to definitely, I mean, all schools you got to feel for because yeah, that that travel is going to get crazy. But I definitely feel for those for those non-football sports and, and just the sports that, that people overlook that, you know, they don't think about, like, they got to travel too. You know, all these conference rules and realignments you don't have to trade on it too. So, you know, as a football fan, I like it. Um, you know, I, I always like seeing college football, you know, just, just getting refreshed in, in, in some sort of way, you know, just the same old thing can kind of get stale. Um, after a while, that's you know, really with anything. But uh so yeah, you know, like I said, from a fan perspective, I love it. Honestly, you know, I'm I'm enjoying it. But, you know, just from a human perspective, I do feel bad for, for those people getting overlooked and not really getting put into consideration when all these uh conference realignment talks, you know, come to play. Yeah, so we're just like I said, as we we're watching this thing go, but just kind of wanted to repeat it. You got Oregon and Washington going to the Big Ten. So just kind of Thomas was saying how we saw last year, two years ago, Ohio State play Oregon. That'll be like a regular matchup, like that. Yeah. It was division stay or whatnot. And then you got, uh, uh, and then the Colin Stanford are waiting on their invite for the ACC. I feel like if they get the invite, they'll probably go ahead and hop in. This, what a time, man. What a time for sports. Last but not least, <laughs> right. introduce it. Y'all, so Chad Morris, in case you don't know, he's the offensive coordinator at Clemson back whenever. Whenever Clemson was having problems and Taj Boyd, they could barely put up 21 points in the game. Uh, this was before Taj Boyd was the starter. He came in and yeah. Music City Bowl for Clemson. They lost to USF. Dabble went out and got a guy, a high school coach, I want to say. I'm pretty sure it was a high school coach. Out of Texas, named Chad Morris. He came in. Clemson became the high flying offense that we became to kind of know and love for the past couple of years. He, this is the guy that recruited uh, Deshaun Watson, but then he ended up. Chad Morris ends up going to SMU. Has a pretty good career. There, goes to Arkansas. Terrible career, Arkansas. Then <laughs> kind of bounces around back in high school football, but now Dabble Sweeney has brought him back to be an offensive analyst at Clemson which is major, I think, because he can kind of – because it's got running how the time kind of shifts. Now Clemson has kind of gone back to being the offense where they run the ball, but it's like they they don't have those weapons. If they do, they're not using them how they used to use them, where you used to see 49 – Clemson scores 63 points a game, especially in the ACC, and you're like, what under the bridge? So they got him back. Apparently he lived in two houses down from Jeff Scott, who's not officially yet back to being the Clemson Tiger coach, but – None something to think about too. Now Clemson has those two guys who have both left and who've now coming back. So those are and Jeff Scott was the head coach of USF, University of South Florida. Yeah. That does show you a little bit like how hard it is to be a head coach. It's like you see you yeah. start, you see these guys go out here and do it. Uh like for example, Dallas Sweeney. He's like, okay, yeah, he's been dominating, kind of going to run. It's like, look, these other guys have done that very same thing and they end up coming back being back under him. Not yep. looks, folks. So uh, excited about that. To see all those faces back in Clemson. Got to make it down there for a game this year. Uh, yeah. Hey, look, and everybody's excited. Deion Sanders, the Buffs. They've been, everybody, been, I've been watching the vlogs a little bit. The practices are definitely amped up. And uh, they still do open the year against TCU. So exciting to watch that. Excited for their season. They got a tough schedule. Uh, yep. What they can do. Oh boy, okay. just kind of said fighting Zoom. Thomas, you got anything yeah. else? No, nah, man. I'm, you know, I'm just 
Number football on the line. Better that season start. Got week zero next week, and then that that big weekend the week after. So, yeah, I'm I'm hyped for it. Labor Day's locked in. I got my second TV set up. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. We come down to it, ready to roll. If you, if I'm still in Charlotte, if you in Charlotte, something or no, no, you'll be talking, you'll be doing the thing, so you won't be able to do so. But I'm starting to tap into some of these sports bars and areas. Yeah, so, yeah. Doing experiences, so maybe we can catch. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know for sure, for sure. I'm yeah. I mean, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be at all the men's state games, but yeah, any any week I'm not. Yeah, I'm. You, you know what I'm on. Yeah, you know, I'm just call away. Yeah, y'all, we will be coming. We should be coming to y'all every week. It's boring. Nothing crazy happens. We're consistent. I think we're like – I was looking at it the other day because I was listening to Wild and Out, and I, I think Nick Cannon – I forgot how many seasons they got. It's crazy. I'm like, but we've been doing this podcast for a little while now, every single year, just thick and stacking. So yeah. look around, and we nine – I think we're like, this is like season seven. But it's like soon we'll look around, and it's season ten. It's like we're doing the thing. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah. Yeah. What? Hey, what? Uh, Lee Corsi said, "Give me some of him a sticker." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right, y'all. But thanks, Thomas. Appreciate you coming on yet again. Yeah. Uh, Thanks everybody for listening. Another edition of Matt Sports House. We're out. Peace. So unforgettable. More than incredible. More than a metaphor. More than you're ready for. More intellectual, more than electrical, glowing like Edison. I'm more than ahead of him. I'm over the head of him, more than a spectacle. I could do more than a weapon could. Cause I'm Lord of Bedelia, I'm undeniable. I'm unbelievable. I'm undefeatable, I'm pretty powerful. I'm so high, I'm unreachable. I'm not impeachable, I promise. They never forgive me like Obama. They never forgive me like Alzheimer's. In memory lane, they all drivers. The regular of Wayne, all timer. And I'd rather you forgive me than remember me wrong. Cool as that King Cole, call me that King Kong. Uh.